What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG and MHS Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Uh, with me today, I have um, a frequent guest on my many podcasts. Um, I refer to him as my bespectacled um, uh, Florida friend, um, the 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 heavyweight champion of the world, the a man who has brought back Star Wars con- um, discussion to an elite level. Uh, someone who I think has one of the best podcasts on the Mile High Life Network. It is my friend. Vic Lombardi. <laughs> it's, it is Trey Mitchell. Hello, Trey. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thank you for the for the kind words. Um, yeah, I, I just did a podcast about uh, the Rocky franchise. Um, I will I will spoil it for you because uh, Jeff, we my <laughs> guest and I both did a draft. So I with my very first pick. I took Rocky. Yeah. With my second pick, I took Rocky Balboa. With my third pick, I took Creed three. With my fourth pick, I took Rocky four. So I got Rocky, Rocky Balboa. I love Rocky Balboa. Uh, Rocky, Rocky Balboa, Creed three, and Rocky four. And then my um, guest Tanner went Creed, uh, Rocky two, which I really wanted uh, Rocky two. I was I was slightly mad that I didn't get that, but it's okay. So he went Creed, <laughs> Rocky two, Creed two uh rocky three so it's an interesting draft and then there's no one drafted five <laughs> see if i was just picking myself i would mine would have been like rocky rocky three uh, the creed movies are amazing you, yeah. you you need to watch them again they, it's at least creed is one of the best movies of the 2010s i, I at I, least I, sports movies ever i i try not to fall i i have a thing about recency bias and I get really anti about about it because I'm used to it from like Nuggets discussion being everything being recent. And I, I'm really guarded against it. But I think that unfairly prejudices me against new movies in a franchise. So I, I you know, I'm starting to appreciate Halloween to it 2018 more now than I did back when I first saw it. <laughs> I love so. I, I love Halloween, the <laughs> David Gordon Green one. Mm-hmm. I love Halloween uh, kills is bad. Halloween ends is fun. That's that's my take. And that's his. And then the tra- first ones did the best, but it is uh, David. The Gordon Rocky Green. movies, nine nine movies, only one bad bad movie. Pretty incredible. Yeah, Rocky Five is the pretty, worst. Pretty incredible. Yeah, and I mean, if you basically just don't even count that, then there are no bad movies. So yeah, that's that what was, I. That's, that's what I. What I like to do. That was right about. I think that um, Sylvester Stallone did that the same year he did Tango and Cash. I believe I have not seen many Sylvester Stallone movies besides the Rocky. I've, I've never seen the Rambo movies. I think I've seen Expendables. I think my dad had it on at some point, probably the ultimate dad movie. Have you seen stop or my mom will shoot? No, I think I saw his movie. What, what, what was it? Grudge match him and him versus uh, uh, De Niro. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, well there was Copland, which is a good movie. Mm. Copland is a, have you seen it? No, you haven't seen Copland. I'm like, I just told you I haven't seen much much of Sylvester Stallone besides like the Rocky movies and Guardians of the Galaxy too. Oh well, now you need to see Copland. It, it, it's a good movie. It's uh, it, uh anyway, we're not here to he talk about. Great. <laughs> well, last thing I'll say, he is great in the Creed movies. Like like just as an actor, I, can, I cannot believe he did not win Best Supporting Actor in 2015. That was a tragedy. Oh, and you have seen... ed, ed, ed of rant. You haven't seen Nighthawks either from 1980. Yeah. Jeff, 
I'm 24 years old. There are an <laughs> abundance of movies I have not seen from before I was born. We have, Trey and I have this discussion multiple times a week. Hey, I am stuff. reading uh, Blood in Blood in the Garden about the 90s Knicks. Okay, so can can we? That's where talk, I. That's where I can. Can we talk a little about that? Get by the middle. Of course, Maybe, of course. You haven't, you haven't finished it yet, but I mean, um, no, no, no. I just I bought it like two, three days ago. So yeah, I, I'm like I'm, 30, 30, 40 pages in. I'm I'm halfway through. Um, that is a it, it. I'm not halfway through. I'm three four three quarters of the way through. But it is a fascinating discussion about one of my favorite teams. So the what we can link to here is both you and I have something in common, which is our our love of uh, the different eras of the New York Knicks. <laughs> because I love I, every era, every era of <laughs> of the Knicks. I I, was, I have I love that team. Yeah, I spent fifteen dollars on Amazon making a six foot by four foot tapestry of Tom, Tom Thibodeau that we hung at my old apartment oh my uh, during the 2021 <laughs> season when he played Derrick Rose 90 minutes a night, only rivaled by that one Emmanuel quickly game in Boston last week. <laughs> yes, yes. Or I guess this week. Forever. You know, never, 55 for, minutes. Yes. Forever in the minds of New York Knicks, Knicks fans, the Bing Bongs themselves of <laughs> loving a, an irrationally good performance from a mediocre player. Emmanuel quickly is like everything you could hope for in Bones Highland. Right. He's a gunner. He's Tim mm-hmm. Connolly's favorite kind of type of player. But he's like pretty good on defense too. Like he's like, he. that's why Tibbs played him 58 minutes. <laughs> it's just, it's, that's, it's amazing. If you listen to the mismatch live pod, they had Sean Fantasy on there and he was, I did. Talking, it was talking about his, going to the finals. His, his <laughs> mic drop about, uh chris chris vernon watching that murder show and he was he was like it was that about john morant <laughs> that was great that, that was great that's really good um so yeah back to the blood in the garden it's a it's a great story about one of my favorite teams and you learn a lot about pat riley in this that's uh, where i'm on right now it's yeah. it's it's a lot it's a lot of a lot of the pat riley stuff and like winning time came out last year i enjoyed that but i know I know winning time wasn't a historical accuracy too much. No. Um, <laughs> and like my girlfriend loved it. I, I liked it a lot, but like I, I knew some of the things that weren't accurate, but to her, like basketball is something that she's just got it into like heavily because they didn't this psychopath. Um, so she really liked it and we're excited for the next season, but I'm seeing here that the Knicks play the Kings tonight. That's a, that's got Trey Mitchell written all over it. It does have Trey Mitchell. Bing Bong over it. meets meets the beam. Oh my god! <laughs> it does have that's that. That's gotta over be it. amazing. I, do, yeah. I don't. I dropped my league pass and years ago because I just. Oh, it's only a hundred dollars this year. Yeah, see, that's the, the thing. cheapest it's ever been. Yeah, I was gonna say because back when I had bought it, it was like two hundred bucks, and oh, it was like two eighty or something. It is insane, and it's terrible. And it, I mean, what I always tell people about league passes, yeah, it's a good idea, but it's terrible in execution. And uh, it's Rit, Brian Winhorst always talks about how he lives in Omaha, and for some reason he's in the Denver the blackouts, the blackout zone, and he can't Dude, watch Nuggets. In games. um, in freaking, so I just watched a video about like everything going on with RSNs in in Iowa, or sorry, in Idaho. There's a there's like a town that six baseball teams are blacked out in idaho because they're within 100 miles of each of each of them it's insane um the my only my biggest issue with league pass is uh overall i think it's actually a really good product now but the worst thing about it is there's this one ad that plays Mm -hmm. um 
And it the first half of the season, it w- it wouldn't play ads. It would just cut to the in arena entertainment, which I loved. I loved uh, <laughs> everything until you know we get like the kiss cam five times a game or whatever. Right. Um, but now it shows this like NBA ID commercial that plays like twice every commercial break, and it has this saying, "It's like Dame time," and it just has this loud music. <laughs> And like a bunch of people on Twitter and I, we've all like been DMing League Pass support to get it banned. And so that's our current movement. Uh, <laughs> but overall, like, I mean, I love just being able to watch every team, but the Orlando Magic because they're blacked out for me. And I just cut cable. So um, <laughs> sad. <laughs> so well there then if you don't, if you, you can't. Well, of course, when you move, you won't have that problem. If you want yeah, to watch, watch the magic, magic, but not the bulls, you yeah, wouldn't watch the bulls. You know, I wouldn't want to watch the bulls. No, particularly no. last night. No, they, they won last night, but it was, it was a nuggets. Didn't try a game. So um, there is a, uh, I was just thinking about this because, you know, we're kind of just talking about the overall NBA on this one, folks. So I was just thinking about how, like in the, in the nineties, we, we couldn't, we didn't have obviously didn't have league pass. So what you had of it, we had available to us was um, TNT, TBS, and NBC. And they would most of the cable games were on TNT and TBS, obviously, uh, all of them. And um, if you didn't have cable, you couldn't watch them. So that that is really what it was about. If you and until um, it was the late '90s where everyone started to be basically being forced to have cable you just were basically limited to NBC games and they would do the uh, triple headers on and during the playoffs and double headers on Sundays after the NFL. And it was the greatest. It was like, it was like watching the NFL. So, and that's one of the things I miss was like looking forward to having a destination of having, having looking forward to the games because it was always the Knicks, always the Knicks were the first game. On NBC, it was the Knicks versus the Cavs, you know, uh, Patrick Ewing versus Brad Doherty. And um, and then the next game would be, you know, the probably the Bulls. And then the night game would be uh, like one of the West Coast teams, usually the Phoenix Suns or the Lakers. Well, that yeah. that plays into this whole overarching conversation that can be had about like, I think the NBA um I think it's losing young fans because young fans just watch highlights or TikToks and you're getting yeah. so many short form media, you know, things. And um, I love when the NBA has on the weekends, three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. I love that. I love just being able to watch, you know, for me, like a, let's say a 1 p.m. game, a 4 p.m. game and an eight o'clock game. Right. That's great. I love that. And one of my favorite things, for some reason, the NBA does this more towards the end of the regular season is they do that particularly on Sundays you get like three games on Sunday on national TV it's not every Sunday and I wish it was because then you know you have this time from February to honestly till football season starts because baseball and hockey are I think both secondary or third behind basketball where you can just eat up prime time and you mm-hmm. don't like I, I just think the NBA has done so many or hasn't done enough in terms of pushing forward uh sort of like what football does where you can have this whole day where you can just sit back and watch football and you we only watch that once per week if people don't want to watch basketball and they only want to watch it you know on a Sunday they can get three good games in so there there's a lot to be said I think about just the future of the NBA and I have so many ideas like there's so many things with you know with the RSNs that are dying like what is going to happen with with that and um 
yeah, it's like, who's the face of the league now that kind of LeBron's still the face, but he's like 38 years old. It's mm. uh, maybe, maybe Adam Silver should, should take that. Yes. Uh, that Disney job. Disney job. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you this. I, I, if if anyone, if you've been listening to my podcast, I've talked about how ESPN needs to get the NBA needs to get away from ESPN. And some of it is because they have a completely mediocre present presentation. TNT is the best. TNT's the best. And, and they're not it, and, and I don't even take their criticism like that much, like that yeah. heavily. It's just so entertaining. And it's yeah. in good faith. It's in good faith and it's entertaining. And as much as people bitch about Barkley and Shaq and Kenny on there, it's still they got a thing they're entertaining they're good at what they do and it's unlike espn which has been trotting out this mediocre and it's almost the visual presentation of espn games is really mediocre it's not appealing to the eye and it's very strange they don't have a sense of drama um one of the things i always missed about nbc is like oh my god when that like i'm like you got chills up and down your spine like oh my god here we go and and that was like the coolest thing and some of that's obviously nostalgia bias on my on my part but on on the on the flip side yeah i never witnessed that it's always been espn and espn's never managed to do it never managed to capture the drama because abc does a better job than espn i'd say like the finals are like okay um one of the the only things i will say about espn in a pro pro espn sense is um so when you're watching through cable i feel like all the quality like the quality of the image is always bad but if you're watching through the espn app that that is when sports look the best if you're like hey if you have a roku you have like a 4k roku stick or whatever and you have a 4k tv it looks really good on the ESPN app that, that that's all I'll say towards them. Cause like if I'm watching through the spectrum, which is the cable provider here, the spectrum app or ESPN, ESPN app, so much higher quality, but yeah, in terms of like overall presentation, it's, you don't, they don't market their stars in a way that they, I feel like they should, like they don't market Luca. They don't market Embiid that much. They don't embark and market Giannis Jokic. Um, it's all just like Stefan, LeBron or Katie and LeBron. And there's so many new stars coming up. It's just miss miss it's just a waste. I'm one I want to get your comment on this. There's obviously the specter of LeBron. Here's the problem. LeBron, as good as he's been, and there's a debate about if he's the greatest player in the world or or uh, or Jordan was. Here's the problem I have is that as much as LeBron is the face of the NBA and has been for the last 20 years, um he has never been more popular than Michael Jordan was in the nineties. And some of that has to do with the lack of, uh, with how captive things were back then. So you can't replicate the captivity of the Jordan era. It's just, you can't do it. It's a, was a collision of the advent of cable and the expansion of the NBA into Europe and China and all that stuff. That, that it was that nexus. It was the burgeoning point. You can't recapture that. But some of that is the fact that Jordan was just, fucking popular and one of the problems that the league has is they are they are clinging to lebron in a way that is not befitting the way he has been the last four years even during the championship year they had in the bubble year it they weren't that good that year and i think they were good in the bubble because they got six months off basketball and they were an old team Right. And it was great. Like they deserve that championship. It's not a bad championship. I would have loved if the Nuggets won that one, but I don't, 
it's a question of if that team, I don't know if that team is going to win the championship if there's no pause for six months. You right. Know? And that was the, that was four the, months or whatever. Four months. Yeah. And then, then that was the that was the problem is that they just had I missed the bubble though. But it, the it bubble was, it was insane. Uh, it was like a really good documentary on, on the bubble. I don't want to go back and watch Troy Daniels bubble vlogs for uh, when he was on the Nuggets. Who was, was the, the one guy? There was, was JaVale and there was Troy Daniels, who were vlogging in the bubble. Who was it and got in trouble for the Rockets? Uh, Daniel House. Uh, Daniel House, yeah. And uh, Tyson Chandler. Altitude, Altitude made a documentary about about the Nuggets bubble, but it's I, like it's not it's not anywhere. It was on Altitude twice, and it's just not. It, it's like <sighs> oh, wait, we, very we can go on and on about this because there is a. The way we didn't even mention the freaking Nuggets. <laughs> well, we're talking. No, this is fine because you know I. I I am not quote part of Nuggets Media, so I can talk about whatever the fuck I want, and I can swear. Um, I think yeah. I think that my big and we've talked about this in our group chat. Um, ESPN, my issue is that they are infiltrated by agents and the big agencies. They kind of have a because, and it's all because of the first thing. You know, you got to be first. And that really leaves you at the whims of agents leaking you info because play because organizations are going to be less inclined to do so. So, uh, or at least do it in a timely manner. So you lean on these agencies. Uh, Woj has had a partnership or partnerships, quote unquote, but he's had a relationship with CAA forever. Arn Tellum, who before he moved to and was in part of the Pistons organization, those guys were like, Close and Arn Tellemhead was one of the big agents in the NBA, and you could tell that. And you know, once these things filter out, you start seeing the influence they have over the way people talk and and stuff like that. And it's really just kind of like when you have an organization as big as and this is I'll stop ranting in a second. When you have an organization as big as ESPN, and they have they they have to fill twenty four hours, you get influence campaigns that are that are done for the purpose of maybe i don't know getting the mvp debate in a certain way maybe muddying the waters you know you have to fill time in the old days you didn't have to fill time you just did the games and espn just reported on the games and that is probably where we're starting to get into some issues particularly when it comes to nuggets and uh specifically nicole Jokic. I have come to realize, and I've always like I, I used to have this web, uh, website called the All Around, and I like wrote a whole article about like the problem with um, like analysts on these major companies, like ESPN or whatever. It's just they don't they can't watch every game. Like they 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 watch so few games that they're talking about. The where the audience is so big, but the information they have is not that big. So uh, I think like ESPN, for example, is like the fast food of uh you know basketball or sports commentary i think their nfl stuff is better than their basketball um and their nfl stuff like mina Kimes is an amazing yeah. uh reporter and, and analyst like there's they've got some good people for their espn um for the nfl rather but with the nba it's like the discussion is such a like below average surface level thing where it's like the you know there are amazing people on youtube that do 
uh, you know, breakdowns of like a Luka Doncic play. And it's never, it's never like the celebration of these athletes. It's always like the degradation of why one player is bad. And it's, yeah. it's never, it's never like a positive thing. And this past week has just gotten so negative to the point where, I mean, you get Jokic, a guy who like notoriously is not online. He hears about the stab padding comment. And then he was asked about, you know, the whole Kendrick Perkins thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I mean, like, it, I think it's, it's getting in, it's at least information is getting to him, which is never really have in the past. So, um, yeah, it's, Oh, it's, it's tough. It's tough out there. Cause like the nuggets are such a small organization, you know, we don't even have like a pretty competent training facility <laughs> yet. We're like the most hated team in terms of these national people. And it's just, it's just wild. I, I really hope that Denver is able to go far in the playoffs because, there's so many narratives that just aren't true. Um, if, you know, you want to talk about certain things, like if you want to talk about the fact that when you, when Jokic gets picked, gets put in a pick and roll, he doesn't, he's not as high of a defender as when he's just looming in the paint. That's fine. That's, that's fair, fair criticism. Yeah. I think that's a conversation that can be had, but when you say something like he stat pads, have you've just ran out of all other fuel. There's, there's nothing else to talk about because you've exhausted all your other resources because you fell off negativity to the point where now it's just like, you have to make up something negative. So right. uh, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's great when there are people like JJ Reddick coming out and talking about it, but then, you know, it gets into a larger conversation about race. Nikola Jokic is a white player. JJ Reddick is a white analyst, a white player. I'm white supporting a white athlete. You know, there's all, there's always some sort of, um, race plays into a lot of things, whether we think about it consciously or sub subconsciously. And, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a large conversation and, uh, yeah, I don't really know where, where I'm going here, but there's, just a lot of things in the past week that have been kind of wild. You know, I, I, my pad answer for that is that, um, I, it is hard for me to Im- implicitly remove the fact that I am, uh, privilege to be born white and a lot of people don't acknowledge that privilege um and it really keeps you, you've me never deliberately experienced racism because of your yeah. skin color no and I've, that in I've, itself is a privilege that a on, lot of only, people don't have only thing is i've experienced homophobia but i i yeah. don't equate that with systemic and years and years of racism like i don't do that Mm-hmm. um i so in, in far as that goes I, it is it is up to people who are probably more in tune and more have have experience with that sort of thing to comment on it the issue with the the implication that there is racism going on in voting and which is what perkins was saying um is that it belies the fact that this the league is not n- known for since the what the 70s not known for having um you know caucasian people winning the mvp mm-hmm. because because it's 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 like I, I I don't even know why because but it's it is a it is just not historically accurate at least in the modern history and I think what he was trying to say is that is the scoring aspect of it it was a really clumsy thing to do and I think he got caught out on it and it made 
in an saying ending. it's facts 12, 12 times in a row doesn't necessarily prove your point is that is that what you're yeah. saying he got he got caught out <laughs> on he got out on a limb because he either poorly researched something or the people who he had to giving him information poorly researched something and it 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 just it turned into something bad and i i my own thing is that i it didn't need to go there because of Jokic and because, first of all, the person who hasn't put himself in this conversation is Jokic. He, he's you could tell he's extremely uncomfortable with it. He had to comment. You pointed out after the game last night that we won't mention. He um, had to comment on it and you can tell it just make it's just making him super uncomfortable and. I don't know, and it's and it's not something he ever wanted. He you can unlike unlike some players throughout history who desperately wanted, and that doesn't invalidate them, by the way. Um, desperately wanted to win the MVP um because they felt like that is a that is a, a reward of their season and what they were doing for their team. I don't blame them at all. But Jokic doesn't seem to want it, and that has created this weird thing. And I will say one last thing, and I'll let you comment. I am kind of certain that Jokic's inability to get out in front of these things and because he doesn't have social media because he's on he's largely unaware of this stuff actually has backfired on him because it's allowed it to just fester and fester and fester and fester and i think that that part at least that very small part is one thing that i wish Jokic could have been able to comment on before last night after three weeks of just getting brutalized on this thing uh, about something that he never commented on or even wanted to be part of. Yeah. I mean, I think it all comes down to respect. Like I think a lot of people don't respect him. Um, If, if this conversation was about even Luka Doncic, I don't think it would have gotten this far. Why? Just because I think people like Luka Doncic, people like, the way he plays more people think that Luka Doncic is a more he's a more traditional basketball player he has the ball in his hands a lot he is a little bit he's not a ton more athletic than Jokic but he's a little bit more athletic mm-hmm. and um yeah I I do think that Jokic not having any sort of personality online like you know if you tweeted Damian uh Lillard and you said like the only reason why you're like, let's say this is just swapped and he's in the MVP. It's like, oh, the only reason that you're going to do this is because you're black. Like that would not that would not go on. And like Dame would say something about that. Right. Um, you know, multiple other people. I don't mean I don't necessarily mean to make that, you know, a race thing. But um, I'm just saying that someone who is more online, uh, those what people say, get to them. You can directly tag Damian Lillard in a post and he could possibly see it. So yeah, it's toxic. It's really bad. Um, I think a lot of people who watch the Nuggets, who watch basketball, understand that Jokic is cool. Like, you know, the way that he plays basketball is a way that I think has pushed the sport forward. Mm-hmm. There are many people in history who have advanced the game of basketball a ton. I think Steph Curry is the last one who has really revolutionized the game. And um I don't think Jokic is on that level in terms of pushing the game forward, but he definitely gives it a different lens to watch it through. You don't have to have these perimeter centric ball dominant players to win the game, like to win basketball anymore. You can have uh, guys like, like Giannis who are, you know, he has a ball in his hands a decent amount, but he's not like, he's not 
James Harden, you know, he, he doesn't shoot as much. Like, there are different basketball players who will play a different way. And I think that's always exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I have an Embiid jersey. I have a Jokic jersey. I just bought my girlfriend a Giannis shirt for her birthday. Like, I love all of those players because they all play in different ways and they're all exciting. And I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like the NBA is capitalizing on those stars in a way that they should. Was... Because it's all bad. It's it, it's it's all like Embiid is better than Jokic at this. Jokic is terrible at that, or Jokic is great at this. Embiid sucks at that. It's never just like what one guy is good at. And I don't feel like you get that in like the NFL. Like if when Aaron Rodgers wins two straight MVPs, there's no conversation at all like this. And that's because he's won one championship. He's had so many playoff failures, but he won one. So mm-hmm. I think Jokic just just has to win one. And that's true. Let me let me throw this out there too. I listened to the Poop Collective on uh, yesterday. I listened. I listened to part of it too. I, I couldn't I couldn't get through get through that far. And, but I did listen, and it was obnoxious because I will say this: Brian Windhorst has been the last couple weeks has been really trying to get attention to the Denver Nuggets. Trying. It's kind of weird. In good faith trying yeah, to yeah. give the nuggets some attention when and, he's the biggest pro nuggets person on his podcast something's weird and what has happened is what you heard in a podcast he did with mark spears former denver nuggets beat writer uh from like 2000 to a guy who was very pro mellow and uh very did not understand how anyone could possibly boo carmelo anthony after yes. lying about a situation for a decade and forcing his way out yes that's crazy <laughs> we don't have to go there but yes um he uh um and both spears and kirk goldsbury were pushing back on the notion that the nuggets were any sort of threat in the west and it was a strange conversation because the 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 barometer and line for the denver nuggets and only the denver nuggets is if you get the number one seed you have to get to the finals and you have to win which was a very bizarre kind of extremely arbitrary kind of way to frame Phoenix get it last year i was gonna say phoenix didn't get it and everyone expected them to do well this year i i you know uh it's it's bizarre and then what the worst and most offensive thing to me about it was Spears and Goldsberry in the implication that the Nuggets would struggle against the Los Angeles Feffing Clippers, who they own. That was I think I think that's when I turned it off. Because yeah. it's like at that point, you're just there there's data out there and you're choosing to specifically neglect it. The Nuggets broke that team in the bubble to I mean, I have come to respect Paul George um, since then, but I mean, that we, I mean, that, that was a broken dude. And I know there's some mental, you know, he was going through some stuff. So I don't want to, I don't want to bet, like, you know, throw, throw more, more things on that. But, you know, you got that coach fired. <laughs> Marky Morris is still there. Um, Bones Highland is there now and he's not playing. And we beat them four times this year and they have no possible way to guard Jokic. Like, even at least Philly, you know, with, Tucker on Jokic presented an interesting wrinkle to tell mm-hmm. me that can be planned around for sure in a seven game series you can plan around that but in a one game series yeah that that worked pretty well on Jokic but the Clippers have nothing they have nothing I mean they were playing freaking Nicholas Batum on him yes. so and that was out of a back-to-back I think Denver played the night before in Memphis right yeah. yes they had played the night before and here's the problem 
the notion is in the league that if you go small and you space out the nuggets, like what happened with the Utah Jazz against the Clippers, that eventually they quit, the nuggets can't counter it. That is based entirely on the fact that the Utah Jazz had Rudy Gobert, who is a basically a minus on offense, and he didn't. He's not worth five, five picks. Yes. <laughs> oh, Tim. Um, I and that part is is what they forget is that yes, they gave up something uh, on offense, on, de- on excuse me on defense, but Jokic provides an unstoppable element on offense against the Clippers so much so that he fundamentally puts them into a existential crisis. Every time they play, they just can't, they don't have anything for Nikola Jokic. And it's, it's like that people stop with like defensive highlights. It's like, Oh, that, yeah, he can't, he can't guard him. I know you watch him try to fly out to the corner. There's no way he can do it. But then, they completely ignore the fact that they the the Clippers are sending eight guys, you know, like five guys and in three refs at 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 Nikola Jokic, and nothing is stopping him. And it's and, and when I heard that part on that podcast, I was like, these people are not serious. They have not watched any Nuggets games, and they specifically yes. haven't watched Nuggets Clippers games. Denver, you know, in the past, I think there have been starting lineups where you wouldn't trust every one of those guys besides Jokic to hit a three. Aaron Gordon, I'd say I trust him more than I don't trust him. Every mm-hmm. player on that starting lineup can make a three. If you double team Nikola Jokic, the Nuggets are too good offensively. I think the only better offense like, like statistically this year in the NBA is the Sacramento Kings who have just played an obnoxious amount of minutes together. Like no one has been hurt on the team. So you know, you double team Jokic. What do you? What does that have? You have one of Aaron Gordon. Uh, I almost said Paul Millsap. Bless his soul. Um, <laughs> Michael Porter Jr., vote KCP, and yeah. Jamal. Vote for Millsap. Vote was one of Millsap. the greatest. Greatest. Like I, I showed that to <laughs> that picture to Jess, and she was like, "Did he do that on purpose?" And I was like, "No." And then I showed him like the TikTok of Paul Millsap, like with his uh, hotel robe on. I don't know if you saw that one, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Paul Millsap discovering TikTok was one of the greatest things in my life. Uh, but Denver's offense, yeah, you double team Nicola, you have so many other options. Um, I think just it's just you got like with so many so many of these national um big companies, I mean, it's mostly ESPN. Like with with ESPN, I think whenever the nuggets are brought up, I just I just don't want I, I just gotta I gotta tune out, you know, because like you said, there may be other things going on. Some of these people don't watch them. There's some agency stuff. I listen to a lot of ringer things and I find the ringers to be in pretty good faith with everything. Mm-hmm. There's not like, you know, it's, oh, Nikola Jokic might not be good at this one thing, but his offense, like specifically, I, I think I saw a clip of Rob Mahoney on Bill Simmons podcast this week. And he was saying, you know, there are certain situations mainly in like a pick and roll drop defense where Nikola Jokic isn't going to be as good as Giannis, as good as Embiid on defense, but his offense is so good that it doesn't matter. You just have to have him be good or average. And I, I think that's yeah. where I am. Um, like if the Nuggets, you know, the Warriors were always will always scare me because we haven't beat them in the in the playoffs in my life. So <laughs> I'll always be nervous about that matchup. Um, 
Phoenix, I'm a little bit more confident in, but then you have Kevin Durant, who supposedly is out for a month because the ball boy didn't wipe oh up the spillage under God. the basket because he sprained his ankle. The ankle was like, I don't know if you saw the screenshot of it, but it was, that's a bad, it was a bad, ankle. that was really bad. Um, Phoenix, you know, I, I mean, I think that's, t- that's a tough series, but it's not like Denver can't beat them. I know Aiden plays him well, but he's no Wendell Carter Jr. against him. That dude plays Jokic so well. Wendell yeah. Carter Jr. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I, I, I like Wendell. I think he's a great player, but I, like that matchup specifically is just so random. I don't, I don't know. I, I would love to hear Jokic talk about that some, someday. All right. I um, know he, I know he likes him. He got in trouble for complimenting him. Remember? Oh, that was that was that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um, so we have Phoenix, Golden State. You know, the Clippers don't like hypothetically any team with Kawhi is some semblance of fear, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, who else? Have we Dallas? I I, I mean, Dallas can't gonna, can't guard me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they lost to the Pelicans last night, who didn't have Brandon Ingram. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, we you know we haven't mentioned anything with Jaw, but. That team, I, I feel bad for Brandon Clark. I never want to see a guy get hurt, oh, specifically an Achilles tear in early oh. in your career. And um, you can always tell, like when I saw it. Yeah, when when you see it, it's like it's bad. Like um, when Durant went down, it's just you knew. You just you just knew. Like it's like I honestly think the team in the that if they were to get in the playoffs, that would provide Denver with the most hypothetical key. Here is hypothetical issue is just the Lakers, like because of Anthony Davis and, and LeBron. Those two guys are the two best players that the Nuggets would, would play in the playoffs, probably. Um, Davis has the ability to play at such an insane level. Um, and like, I like them a little bit more than Dallas, hypothetically. Like LeBron's hurt. There, you know, there's all these hypotheticals. But I mean, yeah, it, it's, I think the West quote isn't wide open or John Morant isn't as fine in the West as he thought he was. But I'm hoping for a Timberwolves round one matchup just because I think that team is completely broken and we could sweep them. <laughs> it could be. I mean, there is a there's just there's some teams at the at the bottom that are in the play in. I, I I don't think the Pelicans are going to make the play in, but there's just, you know, I, I don't I don't I mean, they could actually they could. Um, but it's like the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, get, I see why people are like, well, LeBron problem is they have a team that has been playing together for three weeks at this point they are well, uh, hurt now so LeBron's hurt. not even that and actually you know they're playing better with just davis um and still winning and i like malik beasley i like jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. i don't particularly like d'angelo russell if you want to win games um yeah <laughs> i don't i don't like and roya hachimura is uh you know he's okay He's a he's an okay player. They have a marginally better roster than they did before, and you know the big thing is they don't have Russ. And but the Clippers have won two in a row. Um, they beat the Raptors uh, last night, <laughs> so who, which caused Fred Randle to uh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't say much. Sorry, sorry, Raptors fans. Fred VanVleet had an existential crisis in, in the in the uh, in the presser, which he's going to get fined heavily for. Um, you know, but and coming back to the Nuggets, and here's my here's my thing about them. And I'm coming back to what Spears said on the on the uh, the Hoop Collective. It is a yes, they have to win, and everyone as Nuggets fans knows they have to win. But it is a bizarre standard to say. 
in order for them to be validated, they have to do a certain thing because they're not holding any of the other teams within this, including Phoenix, who made I know, a big it's trade. A weird... You're not holding them I, to I, that I, standard. <laughs> I just think it's the MVP thing. I think like, you know, Giannis did get some of this in 2020. 2019 what what freaking year he won in 2021 when when um you know he had won two straight and people said the same thing like it's like you have to win a championship before we give you a third mvp which is like weird rules to just make up on the fly uh then and it is now but yeah ultimately like if the nuggets lose in the second round of the playoffs this year it's going to be wildly disappointing and i don't think i think i might delete my twitter account um it's weird to have a team that makes you so happy most nights, but also you just, you know, with that happiness becomes expectations. Like there's sort of a house money when you're playing in the bubble, you know, you still got a young team. You got Paul Millsap, who's a veteran, but you still got a young team. You know, there, there's always that promise. And then, you know, that promise can fade quickly when a player tears his ACL and then you get two years of purgatory. Or, you know, you're the Thunder in 2011 and you were like, wow, we're set up for a decade. And then your third best player leaves and then you just never get back. So, like, taking, you never know if you'll get this opportunity again. Like, you know, health has been a big thing with his team. Like, Michael Porter right. Jr. has been amazing this season. I, I think, you know, I, I just said earlier when people talk about the Nuggets on a national level, I tune out. But Bill Simmons was like, you know, I don't know if I trust him to make a big shot. When has he missed a big shot? When has Michael Porter Jr. not hit a big shot in his career? That's the one thing that you want him to do, and he does it. He's like, had two very big ones that I can very I can I can yes specifically bring up the, that the top that head. dude has been the most impressive nugget to me all season. Yeah. Like the things that he has dealt with with his brother, the things he's dealt with with injury. He, you know, we just saw a player on Denver have a very large ego and have issues with the coaches and demand a trade. Mm-hmm. If you told me which player would that be, I would have bet the minus money on Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> but it's 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 none of that. He's he's quiet. You don't hear from him. He does his job. He's, you know, I think he and Jamal have gotten re- really close and he's gotten way better on defense. Uh so I I'm just so impressed with him. The yeah mics have been have been flowing this <laughs> the, this season. We need to make a drink. Called called the yeah, Mike. I wonder what that would be. I, have I shown you my Nuggets drinking game? Uh. Uh-uh. Do you want me yeah. to read? Can I can I read some of these out loud? Go ahead. So I spent a while during the season making a Nuggets drinking game. Um, I gotta find it here. Okay, so this is the drinking game. This is the gulp slash shot tier. So these are things that are less frequent, but when they happen, like you gotta either take a shot or like a big sip of your drink. So that's. DeAndre Jordan makes two free throws in a row. Michael Malone raged timeout. Jokic has new scratch marks on his arm. Jamal or MPJ hit a heat check three. We get a Munder, Sombor shuffle. Um, if a play- <laughs> and then another thing, if a player who um, averages less than 12 points a game puts up 25 points against the Nuggets, <laughs> that is a shot. Uh, and then we have the standard tier, which is a few more things. This is just a, you know, a sip. Uh, Aaron Gordon dunk. Anytime Chris Marlowe makes a reference to a Colorado location when a player makes a three, uh, <laughs> Jokic no look assists, Christian Brown block, DeAndre Jordan does anything positive, uh, Scott Hastings spews Nuggets propaganda, end of quarter buzzer beater, MPJ transition three, uh, Jokic triple double, a power forward misses one free throw, 
and then uh, a certain commercial Nissan the Butler did it commercial comes on. So that is the nugget <laughs> drinking game. If anyone, if anyone wanted to partake, it's a, you got to uh, you got to turn this into a thing. Is what you got to. Oh, do. I have. I have a nugget chat on Twitter, and we 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 do it. <laughs> you should do that. Well, uh, I I've uh, kept you long enough. Uh, so before I let you go, let's talk about uh, or let you talk about your your podcast um where people can find you do all that yeah so i have a movie podcast on um mile high life called mile high cinema uh it's a weekly film podcast where i talk about movies this past one i mentioned earlier was uh creed 3 and a rocky franchise draft this upcoming weekend on sunday there are the oscars so um next week's episode will be like a recap about that talking about all those things um yeah, it's been good. I, you know, I never get to talk about sports that much anymore to the point where like, if I get to talk about basketball, I can just like, I can lay everything out that I've been thinking about. So I appreciate you bringing me on to do that. Cause uh, yeah, I, I love, you know, I listen to hours of podcasts a day about basketball. I, I'm reading this blood in the garden book. I played basketball my whole life. I, I just love the sport. So it's always a great time talking, uh, talking basketball. Well, uh, Trey, I have the very distinct pleasure of having as my friend, and we've been friends for a long time. So it's uh, even though he is a fetus compared to me, uh, <laughs> almost twenty-five, man. <laughs> That's right. Very sad here too. Yeah, God, it's amazing. Um, and uh, but Trey, Trey's the best to follow him uh, on Twitter. Uh, check out Mile High Cinema. Uh, you can find that at fifty-two eighty Cinema on. Uh, Twitter, and uh, they got a new episode up uh, that he mentioned earlier, and on on Rocky and uh, the Creed new Creed movie, which I am going to listen to once we stop recording. Um, and mild, was- mild, or pretty pretty heavy spoilers for for Creed three. I need to I need to go back and put in the description like a time code just for the just for the draft. I think I'll do that right after this, like in case you wanted to just skip to that. Okay, we'll be on the lookout for that. So anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'll be back soon with another episode. Ta-ta. 